Freedom at Last on this edition of Truth and Love. Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. And this week on the podcast, we have with us Dr. Ben Marshall. He and his wife have been married for 24 years. They have eight children, ranging from age 21 all the way down to 11 months. He spent the last 25 years in Washington State doing pastoral work and 10 years as a youth pastor with 15 years as a counseling pastor. He received his undergraduate in psychology at St. Martin's University, his MABC from the Master's University, and his Doctor of Educational Ministry in Biblical Counseling at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He was certified with ACBC in 2008, became a fellow with us in 2020, and he now is the Executive Director for Freedom That Last, a ministry which equips churches to welcome, evangelize, and biblically counsel the hurting and addicted to grow in Christ-likeness and wisdom in living life. And so, Ben, that's actually what I want to talk to you about today is the ministry Freedom at Last. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking time and, and uh, talking to us about the ministry. For sure. Thanks for having me. So let's start there. What is Freedom That Last? I mean, I think for many people, they may not know about this ministry. And so I want to give you an opportunity to, to introduce lots of people to Freedom At Last. Yeah. So Freedom At Last is a ministry that is aimed at helping those who are struggling with addiction or hurting. So we've got both categories covered there, suffering and sin. The addiction or the, the material absolutely spans that, that spectrum. And it started with a guy by the name of Jim Berg. Uh, he was doing, he was having some contractors do some work in his house and he was just faithfully sharing the gospel with each one of those, those guys who happened to be there. And one guy in particular responded to the gospel and then said, I need help. I'm struggling with, with drugs. And so that started a, um, a relationship that went beyond what Jim could do in his home. Meaning this, it, it went beyond three months. The, the work started in the summer when Jim was off of, he wasn't teaching. And so he, he, he was looking at his schedule going, I got to start teaching again. So it went beyond that time span, but it also went beyond what they could house in their their house so they it moved to the church and then things just kept progressing from there and other churches started hearing about what he was doing so he formalized some of that stuff in not not some of it he formalized all of it into an addiction or an adult addiction curriculum a teen addiction curriculum and even a prison or an institutional curriculum so really all of those now are represented under the Freedom of the Last Banner, there's three books for adults, three books for teens, and then two books for those who are in some kind of an institution. So and the, the way that it works, there are FTL chapters, and they're kind of all across the country. Even as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at the map on my wall, and so I'm seeing flags popping up all over the place, which is great. But those, those chapters then, they meet throughout the week. A lot of them meet on Friday night. That, was, that goes all the way back to the beginning when Jim started working with the, the one contractor. He said, I really need you to, to do this on Friday night because I get paid. I have a, a pocket full of cash and a whole weekend to use it. So Jim agreed, and that's just kind of stayed with with it. So a lot of chapters do meet on, on Friday. Some of them, that's not a, a, a mandate, though. Um, and then there's three basic components to every freedom that last night. There is a 
component where you're just, some people might call it testimony time, but what has God been up to in your life? And it's not allowed to be negative. Like, so this is where I struggled all week. It's in, and I thought for sure when I started visiting different freedom in the last chapters, there would be some dead time. That is not the case at all. As soon as that microphone starts being passed around, people are talking about what God has been up to and how faithful he has been. And then that transitions into prayer, uh, prayer request time, pray out loud for everybody. Uh, and then it moves into small group time or, or care group time. And that's where the book material is unpacked. And it doesn't matter where somebody is at and which book they're in. It's all self-paced, which that's what makes this shine from my perspective. Having run groups before, there was always this issue. If you have a new person coming in, do we slow the group down to catch them up? Or do we just let them flounder around and hope that they catch up all on their own? But with this being self-paced, literally everybody in each care group is at a different spot in the book. So it just fits with the program. So that's the, the care group time. And then it ends with a teaching time. And so whether that's Jim Berg teaching or Ben Marshall or whoever, and, and what we've done as a, as a ministry is we have provided all of those videos to be downloaded. So there's a small church and they don't have somebody who can teach or feels comfortable teaching or whatever. There's a, a plug and play option. They can download a video and that can be their, their teaching time. But those three components are what make up a freedom that lasts meeting. And then some, some churches end with fellowship and food. But not every church does that. So that's kind of freedom that lasts in a nutshell. Uh, I know I, I just sped through that and I kind of shotgunned that out. But that's that's really what, what we're doing. And I'm getting more and more requests. And, and, and sometimes it's through kind of direct marketing, Facebook, those kinds of things. But a lot of it's coming through word of mouth. So I was on the phone two weeks ago with a church up in Canada, and that spawned another email interaction with another church kind of right down the street. And we just brought on a church in Colorado, one, another one in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, it's just popping up all over the place. And, and churches are really looking for some help in this area. Can we put some structure to it? And because there's no, there's no shortage of addicts. That's very true. And and I want to ask that question. That'll be the last question I ask you today about a church being able to pursue freedom at last. But before we go there and where you can get some, some basic instruction at the end, I want to talk a little bit about freedom at last and how it differs from a 12-step program. And the reason I want to ask that is because, you know, what, what people in our culture are most familiar with is, is a 12-step program whether that be the, the biblical sort of version. You know, a lot of people are familiar with Celebrate Recovery or if we're looking at AA or something like that. And so that's sort of what people are familiar with. So, Ben, help us to understand a little bit about how Freedom at Last is different from those 12 steps. Yeah. Before I hop in there, I, I, I do think the one very attractive component to whether it's a, a CR or a 12-step or, you know, what, what, whatever is – I can go to this group and these people understand almost instinctively what I'm struggling with. I don't have to worry about how are they going to view me or this, that, that, that popped out to me 
15 years ago when I had to take over, it was a, it was called for men only. It was for men who were struggling with sexual sin. And they were guys, we, by the time I was, I handed that, that group off, we had about 50 guys and ha- about half of them came from our church and half came from other churches. And they said, our church won't touch this with a 10 foot pole. And it's so nice to be able to come into a room and not feel condemned, not feel like, uh, you know, I should have a big P on my chest for, you know, pervert or whatever. And so I, I think, the one thing that really makes a lot of these groups shine is I can go and know I'm in a group here that wants me to grow. So now what what about freedom that lasts? How is that different? Our aim isn't just sobriety. And I, I want to underline, highlight, bold, just. We absolutely want people to stop the sin that, that they're wrapped up in. And I use that word sobriety because that's a very common the common ter- terminology, but if it's a gambler, we want them to stop gambling. If there's a you know drinker, we want them to stop drinking. Uh, you can pick the individual sin. We want them to stop doing that. But our goal is Christ-likeness. And so you, you can have a dry drunk, somebody who doesn't drink alcohol at all, but he's angrier you know, and scarier than, than anybody people know. And so uh, I, as a matter of fact, I've talked with people who have said, I just wish so-and-so would start drinking again, because at least... And then they, they fill in what was better about him when he was drinking than how he is now. So we're, we're really sh- shooting for Christ's likeness, and we absolutely are sold out. That happens through Scripture and Scripture alone. So with book one, if somebody is faithful through the whole thing, they will have memorized 83 different Scriptures. And it, it's my firm conviction that it's the memorization of Scripture that the Holy Spirit uses then to transform the mind. And so then as somebody stops doing something, and I don't know about you, but as I'm working with, with counselees and we talk about, okay, what do you need to stop doing? Boom. It's just right there. They know what they need to stop doing. Now, what do you need to start doing? And put out, and there is like crickets. There's tumbleweeds. They don't, they, that doesn't necessarily you know, just pop into their, their mind. And it's the same thing with, with people have freedom that lasts. We need to help them figure out what to put on. Well, scripture, when it's clearly unpacked, tells us exactly what we need to be putting on in order to tra- uh, be transformed more into the image of Jesus. So that's what we're shooting for. I think that the hesitancy that I'm hearing from pastors is, yeah, but will that be attractive to, you know, those who are coming right off the street or those who have been in the, the the drug war. And my whole thing is the ones I'm familiar with who are at the end of their rope, they've hit rock bottom, whatever you want to call it. They're already, people are already looking at me in a horrible light. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to come in here. You're promising something and I'm going to ride on your promise for a little while and let's see what happens. And those are the testimonies that we're hearing week after week. This is what God did in my life as I was faithful to obey his word. And, you know, my son, who I haven't talked to in 15 years, called me out of the blue. Well, we we know it wasn't just out of the blue. Um, God is sovereignly working and orchestrating things. But from their perspective, it's out of the blue. And so they're, they're just they're watching as I'm faithful to be obedient to Scripture, both in the putting off and the, the putting on as my mind is being transformed. I am becoming a whole new person. That, from my perspective, that's the amazing part. And what I have found is this is one of the easiest ways to introduce people 
into that front row seat of biblical counseling where they might be a little bit too intimidated. Like, I don't think I can sit there by myself in a room and know where to go, what to do, all those kinds of things. I just say, great. You don't have to be by yourself. You're on a team with, you know, in a a freedom that the last group, and you can watch these things happen without the pressure of just being by yourself. I've often told supervisees or students, biblical counseling often feel like wrestling. That's what I did in high school. And you know, you're on a team, but when you're out on the mat, it's just you and that other person. It sure doesn't feel like a team. So, but with with freedom that lasts and the the group approach, you definitely feel like you're on a team. I, I think that's what makes us different is the scriptural approach and the sanctification approach. Now, I want to talk about that. We, we mentioned the 12th step. I want to talk about the way that freedom at last differs from celebrate recovery. I mean, they would use passages of scripture and that sort of thing. So that would be a little bit closer to what we're talking about here with freedom at last. So to talk about how those two things are different, CR's approach and FTL's approach. So without being able to sit down and just kind of compare side by side, as I read CR material, here's a thought. Here's some scripture that seems to align with that thought, as opposed to here's scripture. I mean, that all of book one, the only thing that we're doing is unpacking Second Peter chapter one, verses five to seven. Each one of those categories, faith and saving faith and virtue and knowledge. We're, we're just unpacking each one of those in the order that Peter gave them, in the order that God wanted us to to have those. And then we're practically applying that as opposed to a much more pragmatic approach, which is here's our idea. Let's go to scripture and find that idea in scripture and kind of staple it to that. Um, That's that's my terminology as far as stapling scripture. So, you know, the, the question is, where did that idea originate in the first place? Did it originate in scripture or did it originate somewhere else? And now I'm going to scripture to try and prove that. So it's what I would call proof texting. And there's so most of CR is going to proof text in what, what they're doing. Now they're going to get some of those things are going to line up. Um, so as I've talked with other people, they're going to, well, what about this? And what about this? Okay. I can't argue that. But what I can argue is the rhythm of what you're doing is here's an idea. Most of it's coming from 12 step material. Let's find in scripture something that seems to match up with that and then claim we're pulling this out of scripture. And that seems to be backwards from a, a faithful, faithful hermeneutic. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I would add to that just the, the, the paradigm that a person sees a problem matters most. So if they're approaching it from, you know, the, the paradigm is, is sort of a 12 step or eight principled approach then that paradigm is going to change the way a person sees themselves. And now the means of change is, okay, the Bible is helpful, but it's not central. The the Holy Spirit can be helpful to sort of nudge me across the line, but he's not like necessary and central. Uh, To me, that becomes problematic because biblically, the way we define a problem helps us to understand what we're seeking for as a solution. And people might say, well, Celebrate Recovery uses the scripture. Well, it's one thing to have the right end or the goal, right? But another thing to have the means to get to that goal. So they have a goal of sobriety. Well, sobriety, that's that's an okay goal, but it's really short-sighted because you can wash the outside of a cup. And if you're not washing the inside of the cup, what, what you're getting out is not godliness. You're actually, you know, just conforming the outside. So we can say we have a, a similar goal of, you know, wanting to exalt scripture or wanting a person to, to not be drunk or not be captivated by this, um, whatever they were addicted to. 
and you justify the means and it becomes a problem where now we can use a 12 step 12 step program to accomplish this and that that's an issue we we need to have proper goal and then means that come out of scripture to help us to achieve that goal where we see not just the external value of the bible but its necessity to accomplish this work in the depths of a human heart over wrestling passions and desires that have to have this person captivated. And these are not things that we can do with our human wisdom. We, we can't overturn or overrule those issues in a person's heart. And so that's what we're talking about as the distinction here that I think is so helpful. And the focus of freedom at last, I think that that, that helps to push you know, an addict in, in a direction that is, is uh, redeeming and helpful. And uh, we don't talk about it in terms of recovery, but renewal, like that a person is absolutely renewed in, in their heart, in their mind, and then it fleshes out in their attitudes and behaviors all the way around. And so I, I think that's, that's really helpful. Talk for just a second, Ben. I know Freedom at Last is definitely one of those ministries where you guys have put together useful things, helpful things in the church. But there's some other uh, folks as well. Will you talk a little bit about, you know, some of those other other ministries as well? Yeah. So one, one of the overarching ministries is the the Addiction Connection. Mark Shaw is at the, the top of that. And he has Be Transformed Next Steps curriculum. I believe it's 18 week or 18 months long. So very thorough. I think that is a huge alternative. I, I got commissioned with the Addiction Connection just a few months ago. So it that is definitely a like-minded ministry. I'm, I'm speaking at their annual conference in August. So I uh, would definitely encourage people to, to, to look at that. Now, I, I have talked to other people who have said, you know, that that is, it, it's meant to be used in a variety of different settings. And, and so it might not be as structured as a freedom that, that last group, but the material that's there is still outstanding. And, and so I, I would just say to, to anybody who's listening, if you come across any kind of material, run it through the Addiction Connection, uh, send the, the name of the ministry, the name of the book, there is a good chance that ministry has had interaction. They they know that material well, and they can give you good feedback on, you know, is this approach to addiction a biblical approach, or is it more of an integrated or even just purely secular approach? Um, because whenever you're talking 12-step, there's always going to be a spiritual component. And so if a pastor is just looking for something spiritual, they're, they're going to find it in almost every single 12-step program. So they, they need to change their what they're hunting for to away from spiritual to biblical. And then kind of referencing what you just mentioned, there's a difference between referencing Scripture and ministering Scripture. And so what they're they're looking for is a, a some kind of a ministry 12-step program. A, some kind of a an, an addiction approach that uh, is ministering scripture, not just referencing it. Yeah, and that's a huge distinction. And I'll echo exactly what you said. Mark has been doing this a long time and, and really appreciate that brother. And he was actually very influential and helpful for us at ACBC to to do our specialization in, in addiction, our, our, our training that we do for our certified members the specialization that one could obtain. Mark was very helpful and influential in that. Now, burning question that I'm sure, or, or maybe a couple of questions that our listeners may still have about freedom at last and, and how does a church 
you know, participate with Freedom at Last? How do, how do they start to utilize your curriculum? How do they start to implement this ministry? How do they train some of their leaders? All of those things that, man, I get excited when I think about a church that can uh, implement some of the things you're describing. It becomes very missional to the most downtrodden in their community. And, and how does a church accomplish that type of work with something like Freedom at Last? Yeah, and so the, the easiest way is to get in touch with me. They can go to freedomthelast.com, and on the, the webpage there, there is a link where it, it will send me an email automatically, and I will get right back in touch with them, uh, and we can set up a Zoom link for us to talk. And if it's a pastor, we can talk. If it's a, a lay member, we can talk if they want to invite them. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that, that we can go about connecting people to what, what we're doing. I do love what you just said about being missional, having just moved to the Greenville area. I've never had to try and find a church before in my life. I've always been employed at the churches uh, that, that I went to, but the, we landed on one in, in an area of, of Greenville that is a little bit on the economically depressed side of things, a little bit more transient, but we landed there because their heartbeat is for that community. And we're, we're, taking advantage of the, the freedom that lasts my, my connection there to equip our people and then to help minister to our community. And, and our, our goal is we want to see men and women come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as well as be changed in this life, not just in the, the next. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how this rolls out. We had our, our first uh, meeting just yesterday with 10 people. Uh, and our goal is to to have this thing fully launched by the end of August. So if people are listening to this and like, how long does it take to get something up and going? It could be relatively short, but I think the wise approach is get people on board, familiar with, with what's going on, do a little bit of equipping. And we have the ability to do that. We've got videos. Um, I can zoom in. There's all kinds of ways that I can help churches be ready uh, to open those doors. And what I have been telling people is, you know, without sounding super cheesy, you build it, they will come. I have found whenever you tell people in a very genuine, open way, I want to help. And I've got tools to do that. They trust you. And, and so they they show up. So kind of getting back to your question, you know, if, if people are interested in getting one up and going, contact me, freedomatlast.com. There's a, a, a button right on there that will send an, an email directly to me, even if people are just curious. And if there are people who are listening to this and, and they have, you know, either a, a light affinity towards CR or a very strong connection to CR, and they love to talk more about that, I'm even open to that as well. well I, I want to I want to help as best I can. Great. This has been great, Brent. Ben, thank you so much. And for so many people who may have never heard of Freedom at Last, there are ministries out there that are biblically faithful uh, and trying to help churches to, to minister in these particular areas. So thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Listen, I'm so thankful for Ben and his willingness to to help us to think well about a very popular 
approach, celebrate recovery. And we're going to do this again next week as well. Now, one of the things that I need to mention to all of you as listeners, but specifically to our members, we're trying to continue our process in raising the value of ACBC membership. One of the ways that we've done that is through our webinar offerings that we're offering on a quarterly basis. These are opportunities for you to be engaged in current topics, current issues that are in front of us in the biblical counseling movement. And we want to continue to keep you informed on those things. And we do webinars where we present through a live Zoom interaction, you have opportunity to ask questions. These also count for your continuing education unit. So for those of you who are members, you should have received an email inviting you to our next webinar, September the 12th at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. And I want to make sure that all of you are aware of that. We're going to be discussing the Duluth model. And this is a model that's widely used in the world of abuse and particularly by government entities and social programs. And it's really important for us to be aware of this particular model. One of our own staff members, Emily Staley, who is certified with us, will be presenting and then I have opportunity to ask her some of your questions, maybe some of my own questions about the Duluth model. I'm really excited about this. She's also written a booklet that will be released at our annual conference this year on this very subject. And so please avail yourself to that opportunity. It's a Zoom meeting, and so you need to be registered. We send out emails, so make sure that you're finding that email, you respond to it, register so that you can be a part of this very special webinar where we're talking about the Duluth model. If you have trouble finding that particular email, we're happy to help you. You can reach out to info at biblicalcounseling.com with that request. We'll, we'll get you the necessary information so that you can register. Uh, so many of you have participated in these in the past, and I'm looking forward to a good group that we will have September the 12th at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. As always, you can find so many of our webinars and other resources on our website at biblicalcounseling.com. <music>